Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Dave me a podcast for me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though uh, you could fill my washing machine with uh, with all your jizz and wash my clothes so they become crusty, and I'll say, ooh, wow, uh, this shirt broke when I wore it. My... <laughs> My guest today is a comedian, writer, and filmmaker. They're written for, she's written for a Black Lady Sketch Show and Take My Wife. It's Brittany Nichols. Beep a doop boop 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 dee doop boop boop boop. Hi, Brittany. Hello. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm still recovering from the washing machine. <laughs> yeah, that one might be one of the grosser ones. Yeah. How are you today? I'm all right. I'm unpacking, so that's a lot. Did you move? I just moved, yeah. Ooh, do you love it? Do you hate it? How are you feeling about it? Oh, I love it. I very much want it to move. This was of my choosing. I love a change of scenery. Yeah, I like uh, I like the walkability. I think the walkability score is like a 96 or something. Very Ooh. nice. Wait, where did you see it? Was it on like Zillow? Is that how you figure out the walkability score? Yeah, it's like on one of those search websites. Ah, I love it. I went for a walk today with my dog and I'm wearing a brown like tank top and brown leggings. And this man was just staring at me. And I was like, why is he staring at me? I was like, oh, I think he's trying to figure out if I'm naked or not. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> a nude colored outfit. Uh huh. I really didn't realize it till he was truly like in my business with his big old eyes. Well, I hope he figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine he's in his house right now and he's like, but was she naked or not? <laughs> boy, oh boy, what a morning delight. Did they stop making nipples? Were her nipples the same color as the rest of her? <laughs> I couldn't see her labia. Was she smooth like a Barbie? <laughs> oh my God, I do look like a Barbie. <laughs> Just a naked fucking Barbie. Uh, walking my dog with a purple tail. <laughs> so, Brittany, you're like very involved in like mutual aid and like politics and stuff. Has this always been an interest for you or is this something you found recently? I think I just started realizing things were wrong at a relatively young age, mm -hmm. but I did not really become super active until a couple of years ago. So I've done things like on and off. Like my first job out of college was at a social justice nonprofit. Uh, but here in L.A., I think just being broken, trying to make it my focus was elsewhere, elsewhere mm -hmm. for a while. And then sort of once I became more uh stable then i sort of dove back in mm. how can other people get involved i feel like a lot of times i'm like ooh maybe i'll do stuff but then i'm like i don't know how to do it i don't know how to get involved yeah well i would say figure out what you're interested in first because sort of no matter what it is you're going to probably have to do things that are uncomfortable for mm -hmm. you uh like phone banking or canvassing or any of that sort of stuff even if it's things people really are invested in, getting them over that final hump of doing the things that actually like build power uh, can be pretty hard. Like a lot of times people just like to throw money at things and be like, and I've now helped. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you did. But to like really stay involved and, and stay committed, I think you have to really be out there connecting to your community members and talking to the people that are most impacted by these issues. And that can be an uncomfortable step. And some people just straight up can't do it, mm -hmm. but you don't know unless you try. No, you're right. The thought of like canvassing brings me not anxiety, but I'm like, Oh wow. You got to knock on someone's door and be like, hello. Hi, please listen to me. And you don't know if that person's like, I don't want to listen to you. I have a gun. I'll shoot you in the face. You know? <laughs> I guess. Well, that has never happened to me, luckily. <laughs> I guess it is fully like, worst case, this will never happen, Nicole. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, the thing that I say to people when they have that concern is just like, most people don't want to be bothered. So like when you're going door to door, 80% of people aren't going to answer. Mm -hmm. And then that 20% of people that are going to answer, they usually are answering like knowing full well, they are probably going to be asked to have some sort of conversation. Mm -hmm. And so the likelihood of the person that you're interacting with being willing to talk is super high. Mm. I don't know if I've ever been canvassed at my house, but like this man came to my house and was like, Hey, do you need any repairs done? And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> And then he kept talking and I was like, oh, I don't, this is bad for me. Goodbye. And I felt so bad because I truly just closed the door and I was like, oh, I'm just like really rejecting someone to their face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that makes people uncomfortable too. So a lot of people, once they're at the door, they're like, I, I willingly opened this door and now I have to deal with the consequences. Yeah, now I have to willingly close a door in another human being's face. Oh boy, oh boy. 
Um, I feel like you tweet a lot and it's like not educational. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You tweet a lot. Mm, Okay. Well, no, like you tweet a lot of like informative stuff and I like appreciate that. I've had a couple of white guests on recently. I'll address it because people are like, I've had two white guests say that they liked spicy Latinas or spicy Spanish people. And Mm -hmm. when it happened, I was like, oh boy. So I have to stop this conversation and be like, hey, that's a stereotype. People don't like it. Let's not do that. And then have to dig myself out of that to like get back to a light, fluffy conversation. So both times mm-hmm. I just like let it go. And then, ooh, baby, the people in the comments were like, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't check this person. I can't believe you didn't say. And I was like, oh. I don't know how to tell you how hard it is to like check someone and then be like, tee hee hee, back to fun. Right. Yeah. It kind of throws off the vibe a bit. Yeah. And I feel like you have no problem being like, no, (laughs) here's what it is. (laughs) No. And I admire that about you. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, it's uncomfortable, but also it's going to be more uncomfortable if they continue doing that to me. Yeah. But also, I'm just like, how come white people don't know not to say things sometimes? You know, I'm like, it's 2021. And it's not all white people, because I'm sure I think they, the people in the comments will be like, not all white people. They hear it. They hear it when it's happening. And, you know, people just don't say anything. So they just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you wrote for Black Lady Sketch Show, which is, it is the first, like, sketch show created by a black woman written by all black women, edited by, a like, I think two black women, right? Mm-hmm. Directed by a black woman. Dime was directing when I did the first season. What was that like? It was pretty wild, honestly. The first few weeks of writing, it was a lot of becoming acclimated to existing in a all-black world, like the show itself, because there's just no white people on the show. Everyone mm-hmm. on the show is black. And... It made me realize, like, how often writing Black stuff in non-Black spaces requires the othering of white people, which I don't think white people even realize. Mm -hmm. Is They're like, yes, make us the butt of this joke. And how often you're put in a position to then say, okay, if I want to write anything with any sort of commentary, then that's what I have to do, is to frame things in that way instead of just letting black people exist and choosing to make those same points in a new way. It just like forced, I think all of us to come at things from a different angle where we didn't have to be placing ourselves into a white world. We could just exist in a black world and have comedy come from things other than pain or awkwardness. Mm -hmm. That is interesting to me, like having to make white people the other because they are the norm and not the other in society. Uh, so like, yeah, that is just like very interesting to me. Yeah. It's a lot of like, well, you're here. So now you get teach these whites a lesson. <laughs> it's like, well, I wonder if I don't want to do that. Or what if I just like want to tell a joke? <laughs> that is, I mean, that must've been like a hard balance to be like, Ooh, commentary, but also like, how about just a tee hee hee and showing like black joy? We had a sketch, I think, literally called, like, Black Joy in the first season. I love it. Um, I read something that the Black Panthers reached out to... Oh, fuck. I don't remember any of the specifics. But it was like... 
I don't know. There was like a black sitcom written by a bunch of white people and they were like, why not show black people in a better light? So then like a different world came out and then like, you know, upwardly mobile black people like the Cosby show came out and I was like, oh, the Black Panthers were like truly framed in this like light where they're like the violent people. But I was like, no, they were just like down for the cause and like trying to help black people and then like truly shape some stuff in our society. And then I read this other thing that like Family Matters originally was, you know, written by all white people. So like... I think it was, um, oh boy, Julian, no. What is, what's Stephen, St- Stephen Urkel, St- Steve Urkel, what's his real name? Do you know? Jaleel White? Yes. He was doing an interview and he was like, yeah, Harriet at one point was like, oy vey. And it's like, yeah, black people don't say oy vey. <laughs> and then it's like, get black people in the room so black people can say what black people say. As a, it, mm-hmm. I've like gotten scripts where I'm like, oh, I gavalt. And I'm like, what? is this and then like some white person's be like oh it's like uh, exasperated da, da, da. and i'm like but why am i saying it mm-hmm. it's interesting it's very interesting when you have white people writing for black people who don't understand a black experience and don't care to learn about a black experience and then being a black writer being like well i guess we have to write a little bit to the white experience it's it's interesting yeah and it's very interesting because i'm in a room right now with Black people and white people. It's a show that has black people and white people. But I think that it's like, it's a black show. I think we can mm-hmm. all sort of agree on uh, without trying to define that or use that as mm-hmm. the only reason that anyone <laughs> should watch it, which people love to do. And just having those conversations of like things that people just either don't notice or they're not talking to black people enough to notice patterns and also patterns that black people do that you don't notice until like some white person 30 years into your life is like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> like black people love to uh, make everything possessive. Like I grew up with Jewel Osco, the grocery store. We just called it Jewels. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's another thing? I was when I was in college, I was sleeping in my room. I was sleeping in my hotel room. Somebody came to knock on the door and they're like, oh, I came to your room. Why didn't you come to the door? And I was like, oh, I was asleep. And they're like, you were what? And I was like, I was asleep. And they were like, you were either sleeping or you were asleep. And I said, you can fuck off. <laughs> I was asleep. You know what I meant. That is funny. I sleep. You were what? <laughs> sleep. I sleep. That is funny. Yeah. Uh, black people do like to make things possessive. Like growing up, it was Costco's. We would go to Costco's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Are you are you single? You're not single. I'm not single. I've been in a relationship for like two and a half years or something. Ooh, that's a nice chunk of time. How did you guys meet? We met because my coworker on a Black Lady Sketch show posted a picture of me to Instagram, which I did not think was flattering. <laughs> and my now girlfriend slid into her DMs, her because they were friends, and said, "Who's that zaddy?" Ooh. Yeah, true story. <laughs> I love it. I mean, that must have made you feel amazing. Who's that zaddy? I was like, is she talking about me? I, <laughs> no one has referred to me as such prior to this moment. <laughs> Where was your first date? There were multiple stops. So we went to some Mediterranean restaurant. I can't remember which one it was. Because she had mentioned liking like octopus or something. Mm-hmm. And they had octopus on their menu. So we went there. Then we went to Jenny's Ice Cream, my favorite ice cream place. Oh. Then we went to the drawing room, 
this bar in Los Feliz. Oh my God, three locations on one date. Yeah, and while we were there, someone said, is it gay night? (laughs) 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 Which the drawing room is like a cash only, like Uh sort of divey, dark bar. (laughs) They don't don't have gay nights. (laughs) That is very funny to look around to see one same-sex couple and be like, wow. Is it gay night? (laughs) (laughs) That is very funny. Did you respond? Yeah, baby, it's gay night. I I think I just lashed. I think we were both. She was definitely a little drunk. Mm -hmm. I think I was still drinking a little at the time. So I probably had like one cider and was tipsy because that was all it took because I didn't drink that much. Uh, So we just laughed instead of, you know, felt the uh, imminent danger that that was Mm -hmm. supposed to imply. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of the scene from Sister Act when... um, Dolores Van Cartier uh, is in the bar and then the other nuns come and then some guy's like, what is it, nun night? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was just a callback to that. Maybe. Maybe they had just seen (laughs) Sister Act and they were like, oh my God, instead of nuns, it's gays. I gotta call it out. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have, not have to, were you on any apps like before meeting your girlfriend? I had briefly been on apps at other points in time, but I was coming off of a, just a nightmarish situation. Mm -hmm. And so for several months, I literally was posting like, do not talk to me. Like I would post like a cute picture on Instagram and the caption would be like, you need to continue to leave me alone. Like I just was publicly like, everyone stay the fuck away from me. And so I was not on the apps because I was still sort of in the place of like, oh, I want to make sure that I'm like emotionally healed before I jump into anything else. And when we first started dating, I was like still a little unsure. But then as like we, you know, like casually dated for a little bit and I was like, okay, I am fine and able to like be in a healthy relationship Mm -hmm. again without bringing any like preconceived notions or having my guard up able to be vulnerable, et cetera. I love that. You're like, I'm going to work on myself and then met someone. And then you're like, I think I'm okay. I think I'm fine. Mm -hmm. I think it's like a good self, uh, self self-assessment and checking in. So how long did you guys date before things became serious? Probably like three months. Okay. And I was dating, I was like casually dating someone else at the same time. Mmm, I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) You hate doing that or you hate being on the other end of it? I hate being on the other end of it because... Yeah, she didn't like it either. (laughs) So did she bring it up? You know what's funny is she played it pretty cool and the other person did not play it cool (laughs) at all. So she didn't like it, but she like knew enough to be like, I'm going to like talk to my friends and deal with this internally Mm -hmm. rather than like, reflect that at me all the time Mm, yeah i'm i get it's i think it's specifically because i'm busy so i'm like okay if i've made room for one person i find it hard to make room for a second person because then i'm like oh my god i have to like meet another person remember things i've told that person i just don't think i have like the bandwidth so Mm -hmm. i when i start dating someone i almost immediately i'm like are you dating other people can you stop Uh, hello please (laughs) Invest as much time in me as I'm investing in you. And it's like, what a huge ask to ask somebody not even like 
like a month in, two months in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it a few times, I guess, just like casually dating a couple of people and seeing like, you know, which one is a better fit. And also, mm-hmm. I think it helps not do the very lesbian thing of just immediately becoming codependent and seeing each other constantly because it's like, oh, I can't just hole up with you for four days in a row because I have to go hang out with this other person. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that is a good practice that like, if I start dating somebody, I like have to immediately find somebody else to date as well. Because I I guess that is codependence because I'm like, you like me, right? So can I see you every single day? Hello, (laughs) be my friend. Uh, You know, I'm not going to diagnose anybody. (laughs) You can. I think you have. I think I'm slightly codependent. Maybe that's why I'm single, because I immediately want to just be like fucking locked down and boot up. Uh, And people, they like to see what's out there. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just very cautious. And I think that after coming off of like several, several bad things, just was very cautious and just wanted to make sure that like someone could handle that. Cause if you can't handle that, that's like not a mm-hmm. good sign for the future. I was out here. I was like assigning reading. I was like, before we, this gets really serious. I need you to read this book to see how it feels to you. <laughs> Wait, really? What's the book? I asked her to read this book called attached. Oh, people keep telling me to, <laughs> to read it. <laughs> oh, I told the friend who, who posted the picture of me on Instagram, who was in the Black Lady Sketch showroom with me, I mm-hmm. told her to read it because she just was constantly just saying things where I was like, girl, <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> you need to figure a few things out. Can you please read this book? And she just refused to do it. Maybe I will read it. What? Okay. What's in the book that's helpful? What's like the Cliff Notes version? I will try to read it. but you know. It's not a perfect book. I will say that. There's like a part of it where it's, <laughs> so it's like three different attachment styles. It's like secure, insecure, and uh, what is the other one? Avoidant. Mm-hmm. So when it's talking about avoidant people, which are the people that I tended to date, uh, one of the stories was like just straight up abuse, was just straight up like physical abuse. And I was like, well, that's not someone being uh, <laughs> avoided. That's, <laughs> that's something else. I don't think you should just like throw that in oh, the bucket. No. Like if you, if you do this, you might be avoided. No, if you do that, you might be You abusive. might be straight up abusive. <laughs> yeah. It was nice because it helped me feel confident in the way that I was like moving through the world. It was like I was able to see the things that I was doing as like secure attachments and was like, okay, good. And I was able to like look at the things that other people had been doing and be like, oh, I understand this is like avoidant. Because the thing that I like talk to people a lot about relationships and stuff is like, it's people doing the same shit over and over. It's like very boring. Mm -hmm. The way that people are bad to each other is pretty much the same thing with just like a slight twist. Like everybody just puts like their sprinkle on it. Uh Uh-huh. And it helped me just, like, start to spot the patterns quicker. You know, usually I was finding that I was dating people for, like, three to six months. Like, the last relationship I had been in had been six months, like, pretty exact. And I was like, oh, no, this is really bad. And for Mm -hmm. me, I was, like, really beating myself up, being like, six months is too long to have put up with that. And the book was just like, no, it usually takes like three to six months for someone to like sort of 
really show who they are and for you as a human to give people the second like second chances and the benefit of the doubt and then assess and be like, okay, I've given this person the benefit of the doubt and they're still doing this shit. So that just means something is off here. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing to hear that like the person that you meet is not immediately the person that they are. They're like putting their best foot forward. They're being, they're trying to be on their best behavior. And the longer you're with them, the more you'll be like, oh, now I actually see you and I can make a choice if I want to be with you. I think I get in my head where I'm like, once I find somebody, it's going to be perfect and beautiful and we're going to live happily ever after and they're going to love me forever. Uh, yeah, and I truly think that's just like a fantasy. It would be like a nice treat if that was reality, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's like actually reality. Yeah, and it's also nice because the book talks a lot about like people that have an insecure attachment and how they can become secure and like being with a secure person like really helps them along that road. So also going like, okay, just because I'm in at this point in my like emotional journey and have done like this amount of work, I don't have to just be like, oh, you are not exactly where I'm at. So peace the fuck out. Mm -hmm. You can like find space to uh, work with someone and see if they're genuinely interested in uh, bettering themselves and becoming a better partner. Because also I was finding that people just like would say they were, they would be like, yes, I am aware that I do that. Uh, and I'm going to change. And it would just be that same conversation, like mm-hmm. every two months of like, yeah, I'm going to do better. I know I do that. I'm so sorry. I'm going to do better. And it's just like, when the, the <laughs> only thing, the only person in charge of this is you. I can't uh-huh. do it. I can't make you better. You just have to make different choices. Mm, that I like. I like that a lot. Cause it's like, Someone can say that they're going to change, you know, for a hundred years. And it's like, well, it's been a hundred years. At what point did you expect to change? Or did you actually like put the thought in changing? And it's hard because you like the person. You like like Mm -hmm. the person. You might love the person. You're like, I very much want with every fiber of my being (laughs) for (laughs) you to be better because I don't want to go back out there. It's not good out there. I don't want to be out there. It's terrible. (laughs) I would much rather we fix us in here than me have to go back out there. Yeah. And I can tell you, I mean, you've been two and a half years in, it must be so nice, but it's bad out here. (laughs) It's not nice. You, this one man, he on his, uh, I was just swiping on Tinder. I was swiping like a man. Most men on Tinder just swipe right on everybody. And Mm -hmm. then weed through people. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. I'll tell you, for (laughs) ladies, there's nothing to it. It's very bad. Uh, Truly, the bottom of the barrel, uh, the the ones who reach out to you. Mm -hmm. But this man, I like looked at his profile, and he had a screenshot of his bank account. He had messaged me, and he was like, hey. And I, before I responded, like looked at his uh, pictures. And it was uh, like his bank account with, I think, $200,000 in it. And I was like, I mean, that's a solid amount saved. Just in re- checking? Just had just 200000 just in checking. Sitting just in his checking account. All right, sir. <laughs> waiting to spend it on me, I guess. So I just <laughs> responded with, ugh, I only date men with $300,000 in their checking account. <laughs> and then he responded with, oh, that's an old picture. I have more now. And I was like, oh, oh my no. God, this man. <laughs> Another man messaged me and was like, I want to buy you things. What do you want? And I said, I want a 69 Mustang or a Challenger. And then he unmatched me. And I was like, but you 
asked me what I wanted. And all right. I did was tell you. Yeah, he should have put a price range. Like, we're talking $40 <laughs> to $125. I will take you to the Piercing Pagoda and I will get you some 14 karat gold, uh, the cubic colonial <laughs> studs. Uh, that's what I will do for you. Real quick, Brittany, we have to take a break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talked to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions and flirt with the locals. Me encanta muchacho! <laughs> Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. Um, I feel like, have you done a lot of therapy? Not a lot. Maybe you're well read because you seem very <laughs> like adjusted and like, I don't know, you're like funny and smart. And then like, I don't know, you like seem to know your shit a lot. And uh, I'm like, how how do you get how do you get like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I grew up around, I would say, zero healthy relationships. <laughs> uh, just had no <laughs> nothing to model my own behavior after. And I found that in the first serious relationship I had, like after call after because I like dated a guy in college for like a couple years that I dated this woman and lived with her 
um, after I graduated and sort of the first relationship after that, which I think was still just like sort of like college dating who's around sort of thing. I was like, oh, I this isn't good. Some of the things that I'm doing here, mm-hmm. I like just couldn't talk about my feelings really because in my family, as soon as anyone felt anything, they just were like, and now we yell. Mm-hmm. And now we just <laughs> yell and everyone gets angrier and angrier and angrier. And I remember being like, oh, I remember that felt very unsafe for me growing Mm -hmm. up. I felt fucking scared all of the time. (laughs) And that's not how I want to ever make anyone else feel. I don't enjoy being angry. I don't want to be angry. And once I like sort of just very plainly realized those things and realized that like I was never going to have a fun relationship until I dealt with that. That's when I got in therapy and then I start just like straight up reading like psychology today. I just like mm-hmm. read books. I just like studied my way out of it sort of. Uh, and then was like, okay. And now I just like have to put these things in practice because it's like one thing to like read it. It's another thing to be feeling those emotions that, you know, I think a lot of things that people do are just because they just can't control their emotions they can't control their reactions Mm -hmm. and just having to practice that over and over and over again uh until i felt confident about the having those skills Mm -hmm. yeah i have been dating a decent amount right now and I have been learning that, like, I can't control other people's reactions and I can't control, like, their thoughts or what they're going to do. And that is so hard because I can control so many. I've probably spoken about this a lot on the podcast because I can control a lot of, like, what I do and, like, aspects of my career are pretty, like, I'm in control of. But, like, another person, it's, like, such this, like, weird variable that, like, I don't understand. Yeah. And I think a lot of it also just like in dealing with other people's emotions and reactions where I started to be unfair to myself was just like how much I would like get people get away with because I had gotten so good at just like not reacting poorly. Because I think so many of these like relationship situations, people are used to patterns. People are used to like, I get angry, then you get angrier, then I get angrier. And you just go back and forth and pass it back and forth. And when someone starts to get angry and you don't give the thing that they're expecting back to them, it actually fucks people up more than if you just got angry. Like if someone is just yelling, you're just like, could you please just stop yelling? If you don't stop yelling at me, I'm just going to like exit this situation. People are like, uh what (laughs) like it really throws people for a loop and it also is like okay i know that since i can handle this i'm giving people maybe more rope than they deserve is what Mm -hmm. i found that started happening yeah i feel like i find myself trying to please people uh so i don't make them angry uh and like they don't go away I don't know if I've ever, like, responded in a way that people weren't expecting, though. Hmm. But when you said, like, when you're like, I'm going to exit the situation, you, you're you saying that people, when they start yelling, believe that the other person's going to yell with them. And then, yeah. yeah. I'm not much of a yeller. Yeah, I'm not either. Like, usually if that's the sign to me that I'm like, oh, I need to get out of this situation mm-hmm. is if I am so frustrated and the same things keep happening so much that I find myself... The first time I do something that I'm like, oh, that is not how I want to behave, whether that's like yelling or like being condescending or name calling any of that. The first Mm -hmm. time I do that, I'm like, all right, it's time to go because I've lost whatever grace that I've had. I've lost 
whatever patience, it's like run out. Mm-hmm. And so now if I stay in the situation, I'm just going to start behaving like a person that I don't want to be. Yeah. Never. I've never been in like a real relationship where the other person knew about it. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't imagine getting to a like whenever people are married for so long and then they're like, oh, we had a nasty divorce. And I'm like. So you like lived with a person and like called them names and like hated them. I just I can't imagine anything getting to that point. I can't imagine like disliking someone I loved so much that I call them names or I'm like Mm -hmm. fully disrespectful to them. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound. It sounds scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it is. But I think it's also one of those things where it's like also because of my identity And, you know, I'm a more mask presenting person. I tend to date people who are less mask presenting than me. Mm -hmm. I'm black. I'm darker skinned. I also always have that in the back of my head. And it's like, if I behave, like, literally, I've been dating people and be like, if I did what you are doing right now, I would be in a jail cell. Like, I would be fully arrested. Uh The cops would be here. We're just operating on two different, like, metrics. Mm -hmm. And you have no awareness of that. If anyone ever saw this happening, no matter what, people are going to see me as the aggressor. If people, if you go and you tell stories about me, you femme presenting, like doing everything right person, people are going to take your word over mine just because of like how I'm perceived in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I've always also had that like extra baggage of like, I have to be so fucking careful with like the way that I move in relationships because I don't want. To be seen as, like, something that I'm not because someone is, like, trying to make themselves come off looking okay when they know they've been doing shitty stuff. Mm -hmm. That is fucking heavy, dude. Like, you, like, just the fact that that is a part of your baggage, that it's, like, I present more masculine. So it's, like, say we get into an argument in public, you being very feminine presenting I'm automatically the bad guy. Like nobody has to listen to what we're arguing about. You could have just like spit in my face, kick me in the shin. But if they only see the like reaction, you're the aggressor and you're the bad one. That's so fucked up. Yeah. I've had, I've unfortunately dating, dated a few white people. And I remember once (laughs) we were like out to dinner and they had done something like fucked up to me. And I just like was telling them like, Hey, this was like really hurtful that you did this. And they start crying in this like public space. And I was like, oh, no, 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 you cannot. Uh huh. You can't sit and cry right now. Everyone's going to think that I'm like doing something to you. Uh-huh. And then that happens a lot of just like you telling someone, hey, you hurt me. People f- take that as an attack. People feel attacked by that. People get so defensive. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just like, all right. Uh, how, we can't really even address what my issue was because now you're forcing me to deal with the fact uh-huh. that you are crying or being defensive. Also, there's a book called Please Lie to Me. And I also uh, assigned her that reading. I was oh, like, please okay. read this book called Please Lie to Me, which is actually about workplaces. It is about honest communication in workplaces because apparently the only way you can get people to reach it like that is to wrap it up in capitalism. But <gasps> it's like a very good book about like, uh, tracking your own the own the your ways that you like react defensively when someone is just like honestly communicating with you. Mm-hmm. It is like I I had a roommate for a very long time, and sometimes we would have conversations where I'd be like, "You hurt my feelings," and then 
you know, they would be like, well, and I'm like, okay, I didn't want the explanation. I just wanted you to know that you hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that they're the only one guilty of that, because sometimes I would do that too. be like, you hurt my feelings. And I'm like, well, I was only trying to, and it's like, nobody asked what you were trying to do. (laughs) It was like an improv when like your coach was like, that move was bad. And you're like, but I was trying. And it's like, who cares? It's make them (laughs) up. Who fucking cares what you were trying to do? It didn't work. And <laughs> I uh, I do kind of miss improv. It helped me listen more in life. Oh, yeah. Improv made me much better at, like, small talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, small talk is a little brutal now. Um, but I, since the pandemic and, like, the few parties I've been to, when I'm not feeling a conversation anymore, I'm like, huh. I'm not doing this. And then I'll truly just walk away from people, which might be rude, but like, I'm like, man, time is precious. We might have to go back inside again. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not going back inside because capitalism needs to keep churning. We got to keep making things so the Amazon delivery people can bring it to you. With their pee in the bottles. It's so wild. It's so nuts. I saw an Amazon truck the other day and his door was just open. And I was like, I think you're going to lose a bunch of packages. <laughs> I think they're just going to tumble right out of this van. And I was like, yeah, he gives no fucks. You got a schedule to keep. <laughs> I mean, it's wild. I, this world is bad. I think about it a lot. I'm like, it's not good here. <laughs> no, it's really, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. Wait, I want to read to you some profiles that I found. Please. Oh, also, I had Miss Pat on my podcast, and she said she was going to set me up with somebody. People have been asking. It hasn't happened. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this man I matched with, Nate. He's a white man. No, not Nate Dog. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, if it was Nate Dog, um, hopefully I'd be married. But uh, this man, this white man, he messaged me. And he said, "Fan of the swirl, eh?" Oh no! So I just wrote, "Ugh." <laughs> <laughs> and then he didn't respond uh, because he's awful. Yeah, I mean it's fun because it's like he's immediately like, "Oh, the most valuable thing about me is that I'm white." Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty much all I have to offer. That's all I have to offer you. Do you like it? Do you want to swirl together? I just, I don't know. I was like, I mean, bravo for not just like, "Hello." But also, I don't want that message. This person, I mean, I don't want to, you know, kink shame, but this person said your profile picture had me licking my lips. LOL. Can I buy your used leather boots? Dot, 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 question mark. And then all of their pictures were pictures of them with boots and like not <laughs> since it's on Tinder, like there is no caption, but like on the picture, it like it just wrote, it was like leather fetish. Let me have your boots. And then a lot of the pictures were like boots <laughs> on his face. And I was like, Boy, oh boy, I really love that you're just putting it out there. There is no question about what you want. And I hope you find exactly what you're looking for. I think you will. I mean, yeah, I, he's saving time. Mm-hmm. I feel like also it might be more troubling if just like five weeks in, he's all of a sudden just like, <laughs> what up with the boots though? Like then you'd be like, whoa, where did that like, come Oh my from? God, you, you want to just take pictures and rub boots all over you? Just okay. Like, then you'd be like, I've been deceived. I have been tricked. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I just, I haven't, I've been having like kind of good luck, but also like bad luck on the apps. They're just not fun. They don't, they don't seem fun at all. (laughs) No. Okay. Here's one. This profile, it might, maybe it's a joke. I don't know, but it says, unvaccinated dirtbag not buying the scam demic <laughs> that's 100% real <laughs> maybe just clearing the air dot 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 i masklessly breathing smiley face yeah you're right this isn't a joke um, yeah there's some woman who's just like yes yes king <laughs> um so anyway i'm his name got the lust for life into truth laughs nature challenge anything athletic old stuff fighting the power looking for love or loving don't care which and yes that's my kid with the big old tree she's the shit watch her every other week (laughs) i was like oh my god this person yeah i don't know it's uh it's depressing out there I was swiping on Hinge this morning and I was like, there's nobody here. (laughs) There's nobody here. And then the other day on, I think it was Bumble, it just started repeating people I had said no to. And I was like, Mm. did I get to the bottom of the barrel of Bumble? Where it was like, "Uh, what about this person you saw yesterday? Are you sure? Oh, that that happens for Quorum. And I remember like years ago, and maybe there are just like so a lot more people on apps now. But when I was briefly on them, I remember I would like swipe for a day and they would truly be like, we're out of matches. Like we're out of people. <laughs> They'd just be like, you're done. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> and then the next day it would just be like six people that joined <laughs> overnight. <laughs> It's like I've reached the end of Tinder, truly. (laughs) I mean, it is a living fucking nightmare. I just want like a nice meet cute where I run into somebody and I'm like, you're perfect and I'm perfect and you love me. I can't. I can't imagine doing it again. Brittany, you don't have to imagine it. You're very blessed. You're booked and blessed, as they say. You've got a job that I truly DM'd you and was like, hey, throw me in, coach. Uh, <laughs> run me apart. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, I have no shame anymore because I was like, I love everyone on the show. I think everyone's really fucking funny. And then I saw that you wrote on it and I was like, ooh, it like legit might be very funny. Um, and I was like, let me in (laughs) no shame anymore i don't give a shit because the worst case scenario is like you know like you know the creative team's like no best case scenario is like yeah what are your availabilities let's fucking get you in on this there's really nothing to lose i mean i guess like if that's the thing that makes you feel embarrassed i guess maybe feelings of embarrassment but like besides that it's like (laughs) there's there's only an upside to that situation I think so. You also have Shirley Ralph on your show, and I think she is one of the funniest fucking people I've ever met. She's like effortlessly <laughs> yeah, she's funny. Yeah, she's a real professional. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for that show to come out. I think Quinta's so good. Janelle's so good. Um, what's his name from Everybody Hates Chris is so good. What's his mm-hmm. name? Tyler. Yes, he's so funny. I never watched Everybody Hates Chris, but a bunch of clips from the teacher, his teacher on the show, were like on uh, Instagram. Have you ever watched Everyone Hates Chris? When it was 
first out. So sure, quite a long time ago. <laughs> twenty years ago, uh, forty six years ago, you were like, I was watching it fresh. <laughs> There's this white teacher on the show that is like so overtly but casually racist and it really gets me every time <laughs> like she'll be like chris your people like no. <laughs> they were at the most. And there's this one clip where they're like at the movies and his white friend is talking and she's like Shh, oh i see you're with chris and his people love to talk at the movie screen so i'll allow it and i'm like <laughs> like it's just so funny and i was like maybe i should Go back and rewatch this show. Mm. Uh, so maybe that's what I'll do. I've been looking for something to watch in the meantime before I wait for you, season three, to come out. Do you watch that? No, I don't. Oh, my God. It's about this white man who stalks and murders people. <laughs> and I'm always on his side. I'm like, Joe, don't do it. But I understand why you had to, Joe. <laughs> wait, why are you on his side? <laughs> Brittany, I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Like, you're just like, oh, his reasoning is solid. Like, the logic of why he has to kill this person checks out. It is not. He'll be like, he, he like, victim blames. He'll be like, you wore that skirt. You wanted me to, to, like, you know, get turned on. And then he's like, and then, you know, you walked too close to me, so I had to murder you. And I'm like, she did walk too close to him. And (laughs) (laughs) It's literally insane. I, I don't understand why I like the show, but like, I love it. <laughs> okay, real quick, we got to take a break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things. And Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com, N U U L Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code DATEME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code DATEME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up. And Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. 
Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. Okay, Brittany, do you have any advice for me in dating? Uh, I would say, like, ask more people that you know to hook you up because mm. I think just like really earnestly going for it. Cause like when I started, when I, when this, oh God, the Cerise thing happened, I was like, am I going to say your name? It doesn't matter. <laughs> My girlfriend's name is Cerise. <laughs> I was like at the beginning stages of being like, if you know black queer women, tell them about me. Like I like mm-hmm. Quinta was one of the people I was like, I know that you have some black lesbian friends. (laughs) We should have a session where we sit and scroll through Instagram. And I go, yes, please. So I would say just like (laughs) truly, honestly, like going for it with people that you think have like decent enough taste in people, like good Mm -hmm. judgment of character, which truly means nothing. Uh, You have friends that are terrible. You'll find out one Mm -hmm. day. It just Mm -hmm. because you like them does not mean that they're good people. (laughs) Uh, So I think that that also is like that realization, especially with dudes, like causes a lot of people to be hesitant to like recommend their friends because it's like, well, if I tell my friend to date my friend and then they're awful, one of them is awful. That's going to be awkward for me and people don't want to put themselves in that position. But I think you just have to like sort of just try it. Just like straight up, just text a bunch of people and be like, send me Instagrams. Okay. Well, Brittany, if you have anyone in mind for me, I'll put it in motion now. You know, send them on over via the Instagram or a text. She's looking and she's horny. Yeah. Well, I'm the worst person to start with. I know four straight men. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And three of them are married. (laughs) I feel like that's the issue I'm running up against. People are like, oh, yeah, I either don't really know any people that you'd be into or they're all married. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is, oh, I have one friend, but they're very bad, very Mm -hmm. badly behaved. And Mm -hmm. I don't want them to be badly behaved to you. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Also, why are you friends with them? You need to call that in or (laughs) you can't just be out here being friends with a monster. (laughs) Yeah. Just being like, I know there. Well, I had one friend who anytime I introduced her to another friend, I'd be like, you're going to hate her. She's very mean. Uh, She might be nice to you tonight. But like second second time, she'll probably be really hateful. So just like be ready for that. And sure enough, she would be like on her best behavior the first time she met like somebody new. And then the second time would just be like the worst. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what it is about her. But we are no longer <laughs> friends. I did. I did let that. I let that bird go free. <laughs> I'll think on it, though. I'll for sure start keeping a mental list. Yeah. Keep a mental list. 
and then let them know I like to go on fun dates, uh, top three fun dates. Uh, I went and ate mushrooms with this dude, and we went to go see this movie called Spies in Disguise, uh, which is a play on words because it, it's a spy who turned into a bird, and he in the skies. What? And he's what? in disguise. No, stop. You made that up. You were on no, shrooms, and you no. saw. <laughs> and Will Smith is in this movie with one of the Spider-Man people, a Tom Holland, no. I think. What? Tom Holland's is in it. Yeah, and uh, honestly, great movie. Filled with children, laughing so hard. It was wonderful. Is it animated? It's Yeah, it's animated. Okay, that would be right. so that insane if it was bad. live action. <laughs> that it's like, oh my God, Will Smith is literally turning into a bird. <laughs> That's what I thought was happening. I was like, whoever wrote that was also on shrooms. <laughs> Probably. And then another fun date was I went to the Burbank airport to go to the Guy Fieri restaurant. Bought two refundable tickets, made my way through, and it was delightful. That uh, is <laughs> wild. I thought you were going to be like, I love to go mini golfing. No, (laughs) I go to airports for dates and we valeted the car. Um, I tried to have him on the podcast and he was like, no, thank you. Um, And then uh, I went to Applebee's on a date and I told them to, to dress up. So they wore a suit jacket and I wore a full length gown. (laughs) (laughs) Because why not have fun wherever you go? These are very whimsical. You know, I just have an idea and I'm like, if you're down a clown, let's have a good time. Uh, And then the person I went to Applebee's with when we hooked up, they went to the bathroom and came back from the bathroom and I pretended to be dead because I thought it was funny. But (laughs) (laughs) when they were like, are you okay?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah, I was just like, well, well, imagine if I was dead. They're like, I don't want to imagine that. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like that would be the worst thing that's ever happened. That would to be me. the worst case scenario. <laughs> I thought it was really funny, and then in hindsight, it was like it wasn't funny at all. So you know that might be another reason. You know, they're not all hits. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> you got to workshop some jokes. Uh, <laughs> okay, so one piece of advice is to reach out to friends. Um, okay, I could do that. I've already done it once. Uh, That friend was like, no. Um, So uh, that's you. Uh, What (laughs) what is another little little tidbit? Honestly, I would say date multiple people at the same time. I know that you are bristling at this. Okay. But I think it helps. Okay. I'm going to do it. You don't feel as much pressure to like the person or put all your hopes on them. You just are like, well, if you go away, there's still this other person and I am going to be fine. Mm, that is good because I, I was dating this dude before the pandemic and I was like, are you dating other people? And he was like, yes, are you? And I was like, yes, but I don't want to. And he was like, oh, okay. And then immediately was like, eh, I'll, I'll keep dating the other one who didn't ask me. <laughs> oh God. No, because also why that helps is it like builds a culture of communication it's like well, mm-hmm. we got to be talking about like have you been tested like what's going on are you comfortable having sex with both of us like having being able being emotionally uh aware enough to have those conversations and not just like have a full meltdown mm-hmm. because someone is just like asking you what you're doing with your life and how you're carrying on and to like be respectful of you is like a pretty good indicator of if they're going to be able to do that in a monogamous relationship, if that's Mm -hmm. like what you end up wanting. 
Yeah, that same dude I thought was so nice because he would make me breakfast in the morning. And I was like, oh, my God, he, like, makes me breakfast with things from his um, garden. <laughs> and then I, like, hindsight's twenty twenty because, like, now, over a year out from that, I was like, or less, well, 10 months, whatever. Oh, wait, was it a year? Uh, when was the pandemic? <laughs> oh, yeah, Still. okay, so it's, like, almost two years <laughs> since I've dated this person. But uh, I was like, oh, yeah. They were not just making me breakfast. They were going to eat it anyway. I just happened to be there. And I was like, wow, the way your brain frames things when you're trying to make something happen. That's so funny. Like like I'm a Looney Tune. I was like, oh, my God, it's so romantic. He was using that to trick himself into like, he's like, I have not been starting my days with a proper (laughs) breakfast. If I start sleeping with women. Yeah. (laughs) That's, what, that's a, the kick I need to start the, cooking <laughs> breakfast again. <laughs> to have three solid meals, I'll have a lady sleep over, make her breakfast, uh, you know, you know, pat her around, maybe have a lunch date with somebody. And then after work, I'll go out on another date and we'll have dinner. Ooh, three solid meals, baby. Have you ever dated a queer man? No, hmm. I have not. I don't know. Do you talk to your friends about your dates? Yeah, constantly. I'm insufferable. (laughs) Like fully, fully, uh, like insufferable. Like you'd think I'd talk about it at least like multiple times a week on the podcast. You'd think that I'd be like, I've had enough. But no, I, I tell friends, certain friends, like mind numbing details of dates and like Mm -hmm. try to dice. I'm like, what does this mean? Um, what does that mean? It's, oh God. Hmm. Well, then I would say try a different way, like writing. Do you like have a diary or something? Yeah, but I leave it around and I always forget about it. No, I do. I do have a diary. So maybe write in a diary. Yeah. Or even like a Google Doc, just something to like process the information in like a, a different way than how you normally do it. Brittany, I think that's actually really good advice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow. Are you like the love whisperer? Uh, I no. <laughs> Uh, the no. <laughs> I'm just very invested in you know being a good person and helping other people uh, be the version of themselves they want to be. I love this. Well, Brittany, we've come to the end. This has been delightful. Uh, we've had to reschedule this so many times, and I truly appreciate you doing it. It was lovely to talk to you. Oh wait, you cut your hair. Uh, yeah, I got from the last time it. I saw you. Your hair was so luscious and long, but I get I it. Know. It's tough to take care of. When it takes so much effort. But now then I went to a barbershop and immediately was like, this is why you don't like doing this. <laughs> it's not fun. Me going to a barbershop. Eh, it's not good. <laughs> why? Why is it not good? Uh, men are terrible. Uh, yeah. It's just like always it takes two trips to any barbershop to just hear something just horrific. (laughs) (laughs) The last one I went and I like the guy, the guy that I went to was like chill. And I was like, okay, great. I'm going to like go back to this place. I went back. He was supposed to be there. He wasn't. And Mm -hmm. you know, I'm working. So I can't just like fucking go get my haircut, whatever I want to. I was like, well, I'm here. 
I'll just like go to whatever guy is here. And it was this Latino guy. And he just like starts saying the N word. And he was like, you know, everybody says the N word now. And I was like, mm, no, no. And also I can't say anything to you because you know that I might sort of look like a dude, but I'm not a dude. I can't fucking fight you. What am I do? I just got to sit here and be like, mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. <laughs> uh, thank you. Here is your tip. A handsome tip. I bid you adieu. Please do not hurt me. <laughs> that is so wild that, like, I do the same thing. Like, someone could, like, truly disrespect me. Like, a server could be so rude to me. And I'll be like, here's 25%. Uh, thank you for your service. You said some pretty bad things, but uh, I thank you. I hope you can pay your bills. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah, this I don't. It's like saying the N word, and you're like, Terrible. here is your tip. Still 20%. I can't, I can't do it. I can't bring myself not to tip appropriately. Yeah, I wonder if that's like, it's definitely like our generation thing because I feel like older people are like, I'm going to leave you two nickels because I didn't like that you brought my food half a second later than I anticipated. Yeah. Like, they're wild. Old people are fucking nuts. I mean, he lost my business. I'm never going back. So definitely yes. there is a repercussion, but I'm not going to do anything that in that moment is going to trigger possibly a bad reaction for someone who's just out here saying the N-word willy-nilly. And also, they got scissors. <laughs> Cut you up! <laughs> cut you up but also fuck your hair up if you say something <laughs> all right well Brittany, truly i could talk to you for fucking forever but do you have anything that you want to promote ground game uh endorsed candidates if you are at all interested in uh local electoral politics please check them out and donate to them there's an act blue that you can find probably pretty easily if you go to my twitter which is at be hilarious uh, be on the lookout for Abbott Elementary that's coming out in January. And check out my girlfriend's series at LASDGangs.com. She's been on that podcast. Uh, hopefully you listened to that episode. If you didn't, go back and listen to it. Also, watch old episodes, first season of Black Lady Sketch Show so Brittany can get residuals. Yeah. <laughs> I, I listened to an episode where you were talking about something you did uh, where you were in the chair and you like moved around with your little tiptoe. And I was on set because I was like the on set writer and I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. Dime at one point was like, can you not do that? And I was like, yes, I can turn around very normally. Uh, but then they used it and I was like, yeah, baby, yeah. keep it no, silly, keep have it an dumb. <laughs> okay, Brittany, I ask all of my guests this. I think I've only missed it a couple times. Would you date me? No, you're, sh are you sh you're straight, right? Aren't you straight? Hey, listen, <laughs> I think... Uh, I think uh, uh, sexual identity is a fluid thing. I don't think I'm straight. I don't identify oh. as queer. I'm not bi. I'm okay. just a person who like, if I lock eyes with somebody and like, it's on, it's on. I just like to have sex. I like people. I like bodies. Well, I didn't know that. So I'm glad that <laughs> I know that now. That's fun. Yeah. So would you date me? Well, uh, I'm in a committed relationship. So unfortunately, okay, no. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, yep. Uh, I love rejection to my face. What a treat! I love it so much. Pretty. Thank you so much for doing this. Episode. Thank you for having me. It was truly a blast. Uh, if you like this episode of Oh, Why Would You Date Me? You can like it. You can rate it. You can subscribe on iTunes. If you or no, not iTunes. Apple Podcasts. If you write something nasty. I will like hitting on me I will um, read it aloud Nicole when you come to a show in Atlanta 
come to an early night. We'll take you to my favorite vegan restaurant, then drop you off at a dick appointment. I will do all the work for you to find a man who is into you and will respect you with no less than a nine inch dick. After he lays down the pipe exactly how you want it, you're welcome to stay in our guest room. Send us any snacks you like in advance. (laughs) Next morning, my wife and I will treat you to a delicious brunch, then take you to one more dick appointment before you head to your show. It will be a weekend filled with good food, great people, and great dick. Hopefully you and the man owning the dick will continue a long, beautiful relationship filled with great mutual respect and great sex. Honestly, that's a really nice fantasy. Usually they're terrible and... They want to fill me up with things. <laughs> Are you vegan now? Um, okay, so I am a vegan sometimes. Okay. Just I was like, either you're really lean and vegan or everyone is like, vegan is so sexy. <laughs> oh, my God. Vegans are so hot. I love lettuce and The sexiest tomatoes. cuisine. Well, I'm a farmer. I have vegetables that I grow, <gasps> uh, tomatoes, strawberries, some funky-ass cucumbers that are pretty tasty. Ugh. Um. But, like, I did eat a steak on last weekend. So, you know, know. it comes and goes. But but my skin cleared up. So, like, the minute I stopped eating meat, my skin, I stopped breaking out. And I was like, am I allergic to meat? I think I'm allergic to whatever they're feeding the animals. Like, all Mm. the bullshit they pump them up with. Yeah. That that checks out. Are you vegan? No. But your skin is good. Oh, thanks. It's just a monthly facial and daily care. I think I'm going to start doing facials. I like, I mean, I would love to be doing like facial facials with jizz, but I think I'm going to start doing it with like an anesthetician and an anesthetician, anesthetician. Do you know what, what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Am I saying it right? I think so. <laughs> Wait, esthetician? It's just Ooh, esthetician, it right? It is esthetician. What's an anesthetician? Oh, maybe I'm mixing up anesthesiologist mm. and an esthetician. Uh-huh. Knock me out and make me beautiful. That's what yeah. I want. I go to Face House. Free plug Ooh. for them. Okay, Face House. I've written down so much. I wonder how much of it I will retain. Okay, Brittany, <laughs> that's it. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by, oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. <laughs> This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.